0: Hello, listeners. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Valina.
0: And we're just a couple of horror fans making a horror podcast. Welcome to This House Was Never Meant to Be a Podcast. We're going to cover all of the horror anthology shows that we can get our hands on. And today, we will be continuing with Tales from the Dark Side with the episode, The New Man.
1: So this episode begins at what i believe is a um real estate agency office and the boss is eavesdropping on his worker who is successfully closing a deal or something He he's just on the phone talking and it's it's going successful i have no idea what they're saying or what they're talking about but it's it's going well and the boss you know he's like listening on like the line or something back in the day where you could like lift a phone and hold it to your ear and hear what someone else is saying on a different phone (laughs) it's like way back in like dinosaur times (laughs) when i was a child (laughs) but you know in celebration he grabs like two um whiskey. Gla- was whiskey whiskey he grabs two glasses of like whiskey and he brings it over to uh the guy and he's like oh hey you know like you know in celebration we're gonna have you know two drinks you know you want don't you want one and he's like no no i'm uh
0: I'm off the stuff. I'm uh, you know that
1: yeah that kind of
0: like uh excuse like no 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 I I I'm I'm overcome drinking you know like I I'm, I'm that's behind me now.
1: Yeah, he says something to the effect that he's he's recovering alcoholic and he doesn't want to drink anymore. So the guy, the boss, um, I guess his name is Brad, um, he says waste not, want not, and he downs them both, um, and on his way out, um, he opens the door and this little kid walks in. And the little kid's like, "Oh, is my dad in there? My dad's um Alan Coombs." And then the boss says, "Oh yeah, sure. You sitting over there at the desk." And he just, you know, leaves. And the the little kid goes over there. And it's like, "Dad, you know, are you gonna take me home?" Or whatever it is he says. And the Alan is like, I don't know who you are. You're not my son. I don't have a son named Jerry.
0: I think you're mistaken.
1: <laughs> yes. And, you know, the kid's like, no, you know, you know, you are my dad. You know, don't don't joke like that. And I swear to God, this kid has like the most annoying, like, fake goody two-shoes, old-fashioned kid's voice. And I don't really know how to describe it, but it's really it's, obnoxious. It's that
0: Leave it to Beaver, Little Rascals era young kid accent which is its own accent and you don't hear that anymore but kids had this certain way of talking in like the 50s and 60s where they just had this specific mannerism of speaking and he speaks with it very clearly and it is just as annoying there as it is in any of those old shows
1: yeah, so it's it's very easy to like immediately dislike this kid because that he seems very false because of that, um, which I I mean I believe is purposeful, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. Um, so the guy Alan gets fed up and he says, "You know what, kid? This joke has gone long on long enough. I don't know who you are, but I'm taking you to the police station, and they can deal with you." Um, so he does, and the scene, you know, as he. Like walks out the door. It transitions to his wife, and she's like on the phone, and she's receiving a phone call that she's clearly unhappy with. And then the the father, um, or the husband, uh, Alan, he comes in, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, just had a good day at work, and she is angry because he just took their son Jerry to jail, or rather to the police station, the police police jail. <laughs> 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 it's a crime. <laughs> So she just gets off the phone with the police saying that they're bringing Jerry back to their house. And she's, of course, livid. And he doesn't really know what he's done wrong. Because she doesn't, like, spell it out for him. I mean, she would, I mean, think it was obvious, right? So the cops come and they drop the little kid off. Then it's this huge, awkward, like, emotional moment when the family realized that the father did not recognize his own son. He He continues to, you know deny it like this is not my son like is this some sort of a joke like I've never seen this kid before in my life and goes on to be rather hostile to the words the little kid Um, while everyone else in the family he's got his um, wife Sharon uh, his older son Petey and this maybe his his kid maybe is not his kid Jerry Um, and they all say you know this is your son and he you know is getting kind of increasingly angrier saying no I don't have a son named Jerry so they end up having dinner. Um, the son, the older son, Petey, like, rushes off. And this is where it's really revealed that, like, he, you know, we already knew he was a recovering alcoholic. But what we didn't really know was how much damage he caused the family. Because what's revealed through the little kid, he tells the mom, oh, when um, he was acting like he didn't recognize me, you know, I thought maybe he was drinking again because the whole place smelled like alcohol. Which, you know, I mean, from our perspective is, you know, probably because of the boss having drink in, like, two cups. I mean, I don't know how alcohol works, so maybe that <laughs> can stink up the whole place. I don't know.
0: But... I think it takes a little more than that for alcohol to stink up a large area. Hmm. Like, it's it's a on-your-breath type of thing where, like, you have to have it on you or you have to have it on your breath in order mm. for it to smell an area.
1: Interesting hints, maybe for the ending, so anyway, they have their like very awkward, angry kind of dinner with the mom cutting the meat for the little kid, um, and sort of mentioning little things that they'd had to go through, like oh, like the salad is so fresh the the grocer is so nice when you don't have to pay on credit. You know the little little jabs to sort of indicate the kind of life they had led while he was an alcoholic and he gets very angry he's like you know like I'm no longer an alcoholic I've been drinking for a year you know et cetera. Et cetera. and it's very very tense he continues of course to deny that the kid's his son which prompts the mom to say you know I told you like last time if this happens again I'm leaving you so she ends up leaving you know. Because the son, he had taken off. He would actually gone uh, to his friend's house. He, like, le- literally left the house.
0: Which we learn at a later point.
1: Yes. The the father goes, like, at night into his son Petey's room. Um, I guess to just go into his room while he's sleeping and touch him. I- th- th- I- that's, like, what he does, though. He, like, goes into the room and grabs his shoulder and tries to wake him up. You know, he says, like, hey, Petey. And as it turns out, it's actually Jerry who turns around and says, oh, no, it's me, Dad. And he and he gets that, like, that little smug grin. That I just, ugh, I hate it. <laughs> it has that same false, like, cheerfulness as his voice. And it's just so mm. obnoxious.
0: Important to note that that's a commercial break right there. Yeah. So it fades to black on his little face.
1: <laughs> so when Alan wakes up in the morning, he looks... Horrible. Like, he's got, like, five o'clock shadow. Like, just, just, you know, bags under his eyes. Like, even his clothes don't look, like, quite fitting him correctly. He looks extra
0: sweaty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he looks like he hasn't bathed in weeks. Like, he
0: slept in, like, a Ziploc bag or something. <laughs> or just, like, he's just marinated in his own sweat. Like, he looks awful.
1: Yeah. The little boy is there. Uh, Jerry's is there with his mom.
0: Eating uh, cereal out of a bowl with a saucer.
1: <laughs> oh yeah there's the, the the child has the their their cereal sitting in a saucer. who does that, and they also have a pitcher of milk just sitting on the table like they had it for for dinner too i, I don't understand that
0: <laughs> and that's a that's a relic of an older time back when there was the milkman who would come and oh. deliver the milk in these little bottles, and you could keep them in the bottles in your fridge, but I guess some people pour it out into a jug,
1: hmm, I guess, or it could be Canadian where they put their bag milk into a pitcher, maybe. <laughs> Um, anyhow, so he starts kind of interrogating Jerry and saying, you know, oh, you know.
0: What school do you go to?
1: (laughs) I I take the the bus. uh, I take friggin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dad, don't you know I hitchhike to school every day? (laughs) I'm walking (laughs)
1: in Yeah, I go to this elementary school, Dad. And then... Dumont,
0: he, I think it was. I think it was Dumont Elementary. Dumont,
1: you know, so he just interrogates the kid, and he pulls the bowl of cereal away from him while he's eating it, which is just kind of not nice. And, of course, the mom, who's, like, sitting right there, you know, pulls it... Actually, she doesn't pull it back, but no, she just does kind of admonish him for it, and then says, does you, shouldn't you be at work, or don't you want to go to work, or, or something like that, like, you know. Um,
0: get out of the house, yeah,
1: so you know he does so you know he go, he goes to work you know still looking horrible um you know his says, boss is
0: looking less chipper when he gets there yeah
1: the boss does not look very happy with him he asks oh can you uh, review that lady who I was I was like talking to on the phone the other day could you review that account or whatever and he's like what yesterday that was too Days ago, you know, like
0: big, big shock. We, as far as we knew, this was the next day mm-hmm. from the last time we saw him, and it's a surprise to him too that he realized that he just woke up two days later.
1: Yeah, and of course, it makes his appearance make sense though, because once he says that, it's like, oh my gosh, he's been sleeping for two whole days. That's why he looks so bad. So he's in uh deep trouble with his boss, and then the phone rings for the boss. You know, the boss's phone rings, and he picks it up and he says, "Oh, it's your wife," and he hands it over and the wife is you see the wife on the other end and she's packing her bag. She says, "I told you I couldn't do this again and I'm leaving you. You know, I'm going to my sisters in, you know, this other town and, you know, I just can't do this again." Say
0: bye. <laughs> say bye, Jerry. You want to say you want to say hi to Daddy before we leave him? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she just straight up hands the phone to the little boy after she told the dad that he's that they're leaving him. Like, I can't imagine that being good for anyone no. in any circumstance. No
0: circumstance is that helpful for anyone. And, and, and the kid is just, he, again, always this faux happiness. Just, He's all like,
1: I'm sorry it turned out this way, Dad.
0: Get, get, get the phone to my wife, you little monster!
1: <laughs> yes. And he actually slips up and says, put your mother back on the phone. Catches himself and then says, put my wife back on the phone. Um, which, you know, it's a moment. I'm not sure if it's telling of anything, but it's definitely there.
0: I like to fancy the, the idea that the boss is totally listening into this conversation. <laughs> and that's is. why he like when he he says the, little, the monster line, He's like, give me the phone to your mother, you little monster. And I can totally he stops and he like kind of looks up from the phone for a minute. And I, I'm just oh. I feel like that's probably him remembering my boss probably is listening to this. Mm-hmm. I mean he's also literally right across a paper-thin yeah, wall. Hear him. <laughs> so that uh that's probably another reason why he hushed himself.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he of course goes into saying like, you know, I-, I climbed through hell to get to where I am. All this was in the past, you know. But I it's kind of interesting. He continuously like, blames his wife for this. Why are you doing this to me?
0: Cuz he believes it's a joke being yeah. played on him.
1: I but it's it's just kind of weird though cuz he like blames her for all that. I hate he did this. I think he did that earlier when she was saying, you know, about the alcoholism like, you know, we can't do this again, you know. And then you with the whole you New know, Jerry saying that um when she's, you know, very genuinely angry and upset at his at his uh behavior. Like, you know, as much as I do not believe in the sincerity of Jerry, I do believe in the sincerity of Sharon the wife and the the, uh, the other son, Petey. Petey, they are clearly distressed. And they mention time and time again that this is how their dad was acting the last time. So, clearly, his behavior is something that they've actually seen before. So, even though he's, like, denying it, of course, like, it's something, like, that they've straight seen before. So, like, we, the viewer, haven't seen that. You know, we can only see what we were seeing now, you know, which feels mm. very unfair.
0: <laughs> it's in service of a grander scheme.
1: Yes, Um, so he goes home and all of, it just, the entire house is like packed. Everything's gone. It's like cabinet that's empty. Like the Mm -hmm. table is still there, but the stuff is gone Mm -hmm. and he sees, he, he's, you know, upset and and he starts to cry.
0: We get a daydream sequence.
1: Yeah. He like kind of starts like hallucinating that his wife and Jerry are there Doing the same thing that they had at the dinner table, I guess, two days before uh, when she was, you know, giving him the salad.
0: But voiced in a very mocking way, like, oh, yes, we're definitely having more fun now that your mean drunk old daddy is gone, mm-hmm. you know. and The
1: salad tastes so much better when we don't have to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> And then just sort of mentioning the multiple cities he'd failed them in. And it's quite a handful. Meaning that they'd had multiple, like, ups and downs with this. That probably he tried to get better and then failed multiple times. Which is why they say he failed us in this town. He failed us in this town. He failed us in this town. And look, he failed us here. And then, of course, the the hallucination fades away. And then, after that, just our dog getting a little excited... But after that, he goes into, I guess, Petey's room, but it's also Jerry's room. It's where Jerry was sleeping in the bed. He goes in there screaming, Jerry doesn't exist, and just knocking things off shelves. And it's probably important to note that Jerry's room is still, like, stocked. Like, there's still stuff there. All this stuff is still on the shelves. Like, he's still got just his bed is there with the blankets on it. Like, his stuff is still in the room.
0: Yeah, and it's weird considering that she said that they packed everything and left and all of I guess Jerry's stuff is there Mm -hmm, which I mean also is a fun kind of easter egg thing I always like to look for is like 80s products like you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers which are very common to see believe it or not in vehicle or robot mode they're very frequent to see and sadly there's just a bunch of generic cars and model planes and uh, like a generic toy robot but there is a really cool, like, light-up poster, though. Uh, it looks like, it's like an explosion, and it has all these little lights in it that are going on and off, so it looks like an action scene. Mm-hmm. It Probably, like, an inch thick with all of the electronics that need to be in it. But it is cool-looking, and it would make a pretty cool nightlight. And, uh, also a really weird window. And it, it, This window, it's a window, but it goes up into the ceiling like, uh... In attic rooms, how the ceiling is also the roof and it's slanted because of that, the window goes up from the wall onto the ceiling, right over the bed. And it's a very neat looking room, but I almost guarantee that that's not a common practice if it's a real thing at all, because of a lot of different reasons, namely weatherproofing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, onto the rampage.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, all that stuff you mentioned goes right to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knocks it all down—not the sure, window, but the poster, <laughs> the toys—all it goes straight to the floor. You know, he knocks stuff off, the, like the shelves, the dresser. He opens up the dresser, and inside, again, are clothing that are labeled Jerry's.
0: Like Which we don't see any of those being worn by Jerry. Well,
1: maybe the little Superman shirt. The little thingy. super
0: kid shirt is the one thing he wears throughout, but it doesn't have Jerry on it. Hmm. All of his clothes in his drawer say Jerry in, like, big black uh, electric tape type of letters. And all say Jerry in a bunch of different colors.
1: But most importantly, as he opens the drawer, and like I said, right next to it are Jerry's clothing, it's a bottle of alcohol. Like, bourbon, I believe. Yeah. And, of course, he just takes it and just immediately pops the cap and just starts drinking. In. He just starts drinking it. He drinks it until he passes out because the next scene is him waking up like on his son's bed and next to him is a broken picture of Jerry and he says what his boss had said at the beginning which was waste not want not and he continues to drink then it goes back to
0: the workplace yeah his
1: workplace we see a new guy in Alan's old desk because presumably he's been fired for missing two days of work and then probably missing even more work after he drank himself silly and of course the boss is eavesdropping in on him um, like he had done with Alan, and he prepares two glasses of alcohol, and he approaches. he approaches the new guy.
0: Hey, good job closing that deal. You, know? you want a drink?
1: And, of course, uh, this guy, he uh, doesn't want a drink.
0: Yeah, I'm off the stuff, you know. No, you're gonna make me drink all this by myself? <laughs> Dumps other glass into his glass, and downs the whole thing in one go. <laughs> I mean...
1: So, yeah, that the boss is probably an alcoholic himself, like, actively. But this dude is yet another recovering alcoholic. So, you know, the boss, you know, is like, okay, well, bye. I'm going to drive home after drinking all that beer or bourbon or whatever it was. And he opens the door, and a little kid's voice is, is my dad in there? He was like, yeah, kid, was the same. Roger, whatever the heck his last name is. Um... I don't even think I wrote it down. Roger something. <laughs> My dad's name's Roger. He used to have a last name. Oh, sure, kid. He's right over there. And he goes in, and it's Jerry. He gives this, he gives uh, Roger that same smug little grin. Hi, Dad! Of course, Roger's, like, super confused. And the episode just closes on that kid's smiling, smug little face.
0: So with the new man, how did you feel about the episode on the first watch? And how are you feeling about the episode now that we've rewatched it?
1: Well, like the first time, we both found it very frustrating. Yeah. Because I mean, on the, I mean, on the first watch, it feels like this kid is just there to like just utterly punish this man, um, for having once been an alcoholic, and there's like nothing he can do. He just loses control and. He's just punished. That's the end. He's forced back into alcoholism, and he takes on another victim at the end. But on the second watch, like, after having discussed it after the first watch, of course, trying to think about it in terms of what if he is actually fallen off? What if he has actually fallen off the wagon? Like, what if, you know, he's sort of hiding from us, the viewer, that he has, he did drink? Because the thing is is that, like... He drank, or, or rather, he slept for two days. When Jerry came, when he brought Jerry home, or, you know, the, the police bot brought Jerry home, that night, when he finds Jerry sleeping in what's his son's Petey, Petey's bed, then the next morning is actually two mornings afterwards. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Keeping in mind, this is the same bedroom that has the alcohol in it, and this mm-hmm. is the last thing that he remembers before waking up two days later, yes. presumably from drinking himself blackout drunk.
1: Yeah, perhaps. And that's not obvious the first time around. Like the yeah. first time around, it's just like, oh, this little snot, you know, and we think like, maybe there's some sort of like almost like a magic that's just like forcing this dude to to sort of seem like he's blacked out when, I mean, he actually clearly has been. I mean, Jerry didn't yeah. make him drink, you know, I mean, that we can see.
0: So come on, dad, one sip ain't going to kill you. <laughs>
1: I got some in my drawer, dad. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, you know, you know, so watching it the second time around, you can kind of look for it like more purposefully and realize, well, maybe what we thought initially was not actually true. Like maybe he did drink afterwards. So even though it's still kind of, I mean, it's definitely not a good feeling episode. Like, you don't mm-hmm. come out of that feeling like, oh yeah, some dude got their just dessert. You feel bad. Like, even if he, you know, really was lying, you know, to us, the viewer, and his family the whole time, like he's not really getting his justice. Or this is just yeah. sad, right? I mean, it's alcoholism. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a disease. E- it's he's not, not, not even in like control.
0: it's not even like one of those episodes where like you're kind of kind of rooting for the villain, or mm-hmm. at the very least, you enjoy the villain enough to kind of want to see something bad happen to the main character. There's a handful of episodes that are like that, where it's like I, I like the main character, but I just I just like the villain a lot too, mm-hmm. so. I wouldn't mind seeing the, the villain at it action.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: <laughs> Actually, I was thinking of more along the lines of, like, the anniversary dinner. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but, that, but that's, that's another one. that's down the road. That's down the road from now.
1: That one is also totally different on the second watch.
0: Yes. <laughs> but uh, with the new man, it's like, eh, the Jerry's not a fun antagonist. He's, a... he's he's kind of a victim, kind of a little parasite on the first watch, you know, where it's not too sure as to what he is, he kind of bounces back and forth. At least how they show you in the confines of the direction, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe he's a victim. Oh, maybe he's causing this one or the other. But it's not like a kind of middle ground between the two. But on the second watch, I believe that Jerry is not really an antagonist. He's more of an object of antagonism Mm. when it comes to a grander thing than just himself. Because if the theory about Jerry is correct, that Jerry is in fact a kind of manifestation of his alcoholism, given that he is blamed for everything and that, he's very clearly starting to exhibit signs of drinking when Jerry shows up and Jerry only shows up when his boss offers him a drink. It gets this idea and it gets this kind of outline of an episode across where it's not necessarily Jerry causing it, but he is rather an invented thing to excuse the main character of their bad behavior. And in a way... Like, yes. not 100% that, but it is... I've seen that done in, like, other things. Like, I think a good example of that one is, like, The Uninvited? Is that the one that was adapted from, like, a South Korean um, horror movie with, like, a sister who died in an explosion, like, years ago, but she, like, daydreams that she's still kind of existent, and she uses her as an excuse for things? don't know
1: is, That one's called The Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what the American is called. I think it's called The Uninvited. But, I mean, I don't think that that's anything like that. Well, but... I,
0: I was just saying in the regard of fabricating an existent person to pin all of your problems onto.
1: Hmm.
0: Without taking blame. That That's what I meant by that.
1: Oh, oh yeah. It's been forever since I watched The Uninvited, though. <sighs> yeah, there's tons of theories about what Jerry is, or even what he represents, like... Because it's, I mean, it is possible to take it, like, very surface level or, you know, at face value and say, okay, he's just this little, you know, monster that's, you know, like I said earlier, just forcing people back into alcoholism.
0: Like a parasite. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or he could be, um, and this is what, you know, I've actually seen several other theories on this. That He, like, represents either alcohol itself or alcoholism or things like that. Like, he is actually symbolic of the problem, which kind of makes more sense on on the second watch.
0: And it actually makes the episode a lot better i think
1: yes um cuz like that's the thing like in our you know last episode we clearly did not like this episode. That That was
0: before (laughs) the (laughs) rewatch.
1: Yeah, we were just frustrated with it. And on the second watch, it was, like, a lot better. Because, you know, even that first time around, the only thing that was really, you know, bad about the episode was just how frustrating it was. The actors do a superb job. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, nothing really feels cheap about this episode. Like, the set is just, you know, there's this little office. There's, like, their home. Like, that feels appropriate, you know? So, and the acting, you know, particularly of the uh, Alan, the dad... And, his and, wife.
0: And, and yeah, Sharon is also really good. Like, yeah, they really—I mean, they really—they transfer it to you. that pain. Yeah, They transfer like... that pain of, of having to deal with all of this. They actually really sell it, and uh, I, I believe that's a really nice thing that you don't see very frequently on this show—is examples of really good acting.
1: I don't know, we've seen quite a bit. (laughs) It's just that it's, like, so counterbalanced by the awful (laughs) acting in some really bad episodes. And just some of the just so bland acting of, like, many, many others. Mm. That, I mean, it feels like there's not a whole lot of good, but there is. Like, there's quite a lot. But it's, like I said, I mean, there's several episodes that are so bad with their
0: acting. It is nice that this is one of the good ones in terms of acting. But I would say one of the biggest detriments of this episode, just in general, is how incredibly frustrating it is to watch because ultimately you feel the frustration of Alan. Mm. You feel it.
1: Yeah, you're literally suffering alongside him. Like, particularly on the first watch when, you know, he's the only character, you know, really, you're on his side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You can only see from his point of view. So it's easier to be like, you know, feeling like everything's unfair Um, on the first time around. But when you watch it the second time, thinking, okay, maybe he is an alcoholic and maybe he's like, maybe he did drink and we we just weren't privy to that then it becomes like a different episode yeah um still frustrating in a different way and it again it it's a sad ending you know he loses his family he returns to alcoholism it's it doesn't make you feel good and what's worse is that it happens to somebody else at the end like some mm. other poor sucker is like got Jerry now which i mean really does kind of support the fact that Jerry's probably alcoholism because you know he comes in after the boss tempts these guys with alcohol and the entire like time Alan denies Jerry as his son he denies that he even exists which you know I mean it feels like the same kind of thing of like denying you have a problem denying Mm. that you have you know alcoholism like you know it feels a lot like that so and the fact that you know jerry had a bottle of bourbon in his well at least like a nine
0: close drawer
1: yeah and the fact that they brought none of his stuff the entire house was empty and they brought none of jerry's stuff it means that like they left that with him right it's alcoholism right so none of that stuff was packed because Mm. that belongs to the dad you know so of course they didn't bring it with them that's what they're leaving behind you know because otherwise why would the mother bring like the freaking dishes you know out of the cabinets but leave a picture of her son and the Mm. son's clothing and then while the son is right there as they're packing right because I mean he really doesn't exist like that's that's his alcoholism and I guess it would explain why she hands the phone over to him right being like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You can have Jerry. Right? You can have, you know, your alcoholism. You can't have, you know, your family. Like I said, that's the only way that that makes sense because that was if that is like an actual son, that just makes no sense. Like why would you give the little kid the phone?
0: Yeah. You know, initially when I first watched this, I thought that the episode had a very strong sense of like how it would feel to have like dementia or Alzheimer's. <sighs> where you're you're forgetting key details and you feel like you're going insane because everybody else is aware of something that you're not and you feel like you're left out of this piece of information and everybody knows it but you and everybody tells you that you know it. And on that watch, I had thought that that was kind of where that was supposed to be scary or like what was supposed to be the unfortunate thing about the episode was that this guy is like forgetting or whatever at at least that's the source of like the scares right but like you feel your own sanity slipping away the rewatch made me realize how much better and more unified it is under the guideline that jerry is in fact alcoholism so it it makes it a stronger story and it makes that kind because that's not a fun thing to feel it really isn't it's it's when you feel like you're going insane Oh God, that's just not that's not a fun thing to experience, even through other characters. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yeah, vicarious pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I would also want to sort of add, in further support of perhaps there being multiple layers to the story, um, you know, as opposed to just that straightforward, you know, let's get the demon. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there's there's many is, layers to this onion.
1: Yes, is um, this is actually one of the well, it's quite a lot actually. Uh, episodes based on a short story, rather they're mm-hmm. adaptations of short story. Uh, this one is based on a short story by Barbara Owens, and I I, I searched. I mean, not very not very hard. I, I did search for some information about her story, uh, but I could find like almost nothing. Like it appeared in like like a like a compilation or like a magazine compilation of uh, short stories. She tends to be a psychological thriller and mystery writer. You know, like I said, I couldn't find the story anywhere, so I can't like tell you like you know what her writing is like. But it makes me think that there's you know it's 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 definitely possible that this this story does in fact intend to have those layers,
0: Mm -hmm. which is very unlike even the previous episode, which is a very straightforward. There is an action done, and there is a direct consequence that has no misinterpretation. This is an actual witch, an actual zombie mummy, an actual demon coming for this old man. There's nothing to dig into, really.
1: Well, there's Sarah. besides the
0: causation. There's not like an extra layer of like, what do these mean? What like? It, it's very straightforward. It's not, like, Even if you dig in a symbolism. little bit, it's just it's just under the surface, but it's still really thin. With this, it's more of like an actual substance to the existence of this episode. Which is a lot of bonus points to it, especially in comparison to the previous episode and later episodes, which generally lack that level of depth.
1: Yeah, and it's always like really a, you know, points towards the writing when you can actually, you watch it a second time and it's different. Like, you know, if you look at it more carefully and- you know, the fact that these things are subtle. Like, you know, Jerry being alcoholism is not obvious. You, know, you have mm-hmm. to kind of look for that. Hence our um,
0: distaste for the first viewing mm-hmm. of it.
1: Yeah, so, you know, that is, it is definitely in its favor.
0: Mm-hmm. So how, what would you rate this episode since you enjoy your five-star system?
1: Ah, darn it. I was thinking about it this entire time. And as we discussed it more, I think I'm going to straight up give it a... Three and a half stars. Oh. I'm not going to give it, like, four stars. And that's... uh, I feel like it it probably does deserve four stars for its writing. But my gosh, it's not enjoyable. Like, it's... It is a slog. That's where (laughs) I'm going to put it. Like, it's like... I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Maybe it perhaps deserves four. But, like, it is not a fun watch. And, like, I mean, uh, I... It's... Hmm...
0: If you're not having fun, why are you watching it? Because, like, that's that's how I feel with watching TV shows and whatnot. I mean, if it can be a downer, but ultimately it still needs to be, like, a reward for having watched it. You know, like, you feel enriched by it or whatever. E- even if it is a downer ending, it can still be a satisfying ending. It's not super satisfying because of how frustrating it is. And the bad ending on top of it adds to a level of dissatisfaction that is right for the story. But it's not fun. It's not super fun to watch because of that.
1: Well, I'm not necessarily unsatisfied with it. And it's significantly less frustrating the second time. But, like, I mean, the the writing, like I said, the writing is good. The writing works. The ending works. It's just, like I said, it's simply not fun. Like, You know, I mean, not that horror or anything like that has to be fun. Oh, it
0: can be fun.
1: But, like, it's not something I would want to watch again. And it's not necessarily something I would want to show to someone. And, and, you know, I mean, maybe as an example of how multi-layered a tales of the dark side episode could be i mean i would definitely throw that in as a good example of it but like as like a fun episode to just like oh man i can watch this episode again and again it's certainly not Pat. Yeah. so i guess i guess i would definitely say maybe i'm gonna put it this way between three and a half to four stars like it deserves a full four but like emotionally it gets three and a half <laughs> like you know quality wise i think it's probably four stars you know maybe even more if I was feeling super generous. But again, it's it's not not very fun to watch. It makes you feel bad. (laughs) It's
0: very competent at what it does. Unfortunately, one of the things it's very competent at is making you feel the frustration, which is a detriment to it. But it is so well-crafted of an episode, which is also not super common to see in the show, of having fantastic story, fantastic characters that you can care about, and having an actual level of like a a disturbing theme that goes into the episode with being like denial of alcoholism. That's the the theme of this is the denial. Mm -hmm. But it's an interesting thing that you don't ever really see done in this level. So I would say it earns a lot of points for being good at all of those departments, but the frustration of watching it Having to see someone suffer from recovering and just kind of wanting them to do better and they don't and they get far worse by the end of the episode is not a fun experience and it's not very rewarding. But it is a very good episode and you have to take that into account. So that about wraps up our podcast for today. If you want to get into contact with us, we have a Gmail at thishousepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you want to ask us questions or comment or give a very constructive criticism, uh, we enjoy every possible thing that we can get, even junk mail. So even junk mail. <laughs> even uh, the
1: barrel loads <laughs> of hate mail you can send us. Oh, it lights our fires. <laughs>
0: Um, we also are on iTunes if you want to rate and review us. Uh, we already have a lovely review on there and we would like to have a collection of reviews. (laughs) I think that's about it. So, with that being said, it's time to close it out. So, goodbye everyone. Bye! Get out of our house.